Hello, DBC family. My name is Jeff Reams. I'm the missions pastor here. And I'm sitting here with my good friend, Jesse Tagbadoya, who has been a long-term ministry partner of ours. He runs a ministry called Sustainable Liberia in West Africa. Jesse, good to see you, man. Great to see you, Jeff. Sustainable Liberia creates opportunity through evangelism, discipleship, education, job training, economic empowerment, infrastructure restoration, and leadership development. Our programs and services are primarily focused in Liberia, West Africa. Now, you've been working there for 15 years. We've been working together about 10 years. A lot has been accomplished in that time frame. So why don't you just kind of give us an overview of some of the things that, major things that have happened, areas of focus over the last 15 years for you. Sustainable Liberia partners with Donwoody Baptist Church. Um, in the last year, we have installed two drip irrigator gardens, one at Bansu Elementary School and the other one at our teaching and demonstration garden in Painesville. We have also constructed and, and furnished Mac and Patty Hannah Library at Bansu Elementary School. We are grateful for the partnership and we have been able to enable rural villagers actually double their growing seasons by having the drip irrigator garden. And for that, we are grateful. So tell us more about the recent project was drip irrigation. You mentioned the drip irrigation gardens. Why was that so important for us to invest in and send people over? Because I know we're, we're preparing to send a couple more teams to follow up on that project. Why was that so important? You know, Jeff, Liberia as a country has two growing seasons. We grow vegetable during the rainy season and during the dry season, the soil is so arid that even if you hit the ground, all you get is dust. So during the dry season, villagers are not able to do much of growing, especially of vegetable. Having drip, irrigation, drip irrigated gardening in place provides opportunity to have a second growing season. So after growing during the rainy season, when they have drip irrigated gardens during the dry season, they can grow more vegetable and they can be able to, to keep the fam communities and their family food secured. If you want to know, learn more about Sustainable Liberia, just go to sustainableliberia.org. Thank you, Jesse, for spending some time with us, giving us an update, and uh, we look forward to seeing you in Liberia in a couple of months. Thank you, Jed. I'm excited as well. All right. Yes, we are uh, going to be sending a couple more teams over to Liberia. In fact, a crate is on its way right now, uh, full of supplies. Good morning. It's Mission Sunday. This is an opportunity for us to kind of celebrate what God has, some of the things God has been doing through our church, in our community, and around the world. But it's also an opportunity for us to recommit ourselves to the mission that God has for us and to remind ourselves that wherever we go, like Alan said, we can be witnesses uh, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. I'm excited. You're going to get to meet a couple of our partners in a few minutes. They're going to join me on stage, and we're just going to have a conversation. Um, if you're new to church... I grew up with this. I grew up with missions. So when you say the term, I kind of have an understanding of what that might mean. But maybe you don't. Maybe missions, you're not sure what that is, or you're not even sure if that's a good thing. Um, missions is any, are the specific activities that a church does to further the gospel, to make disciples of all nations. All right? 
And so that's what I focus on. That's what our partners are focused on. Sometimes it looks like installing a drip irrigation system for a community. So you meet a specific need, and then they become open to what you have to share. Uh, it looks a lot of different ways. We have partners doing a lot of different things. You might ask, how does that work at Dunwoody Baptist Church? Well, 17% of everything you give goes to missions. It goes outside of our, our church family uh, to partners working on our campus or around the world. We also benefit from the DBC Foundation, which was set up in the late 70s, and we have an awesome team managing those funds. And so if you've never considered making a gift that will continue on, I would encourage you to go on our website and look up for information on the DBC Foundation. And so we compile those funds, and we have a, a team of nine people who review our partners and decide where those funds go. And it's amazing what uh, impact the Lord is allowing us to have and the wonderful people we get to partner with. This year, we sent 84 people on mission trips, so we are back to way, you know, way back to pre-COVID levels. And that might, number might not mean much to you, but over half those people had never been on a mission trip before. And so the opportunity to go and expand your worldview, to see where God is working, to meet our partners in different countries, you never can underestimate the impact of that. In fact, most of the people that are serving long-term with us on the field started out going on a mission trip, and God opened their eyes. And so we look forward to sending even more this coming year. Uh, you heard about the two teams going to Liberia. Um, so God is doing a lot, a lot here, and it's, it's, it's a lot to manage and oversee, but it's a blessing because of the things we get to see and do and be a part of. And so the theme for today, though, is step into the story. Step into the story. Why did we pick that theme? I'm a big believer in the big picture. I'm a big picture guy. I'm not great with details. Ellen can tell you that, my assistant. I like the big picture. I like knowing why we're doing what we're doing. And so um, it's important for us as a church to know what the story is that we're a part of. The big picture. What's the story? And our opportunity to step into that story. My wife and I used to like to go to pre-kids. You do a lot of things, right? So we used to go to uh, plays and see things. You know, Broadway show would come through. And uh, she always knew the story. I didn't. Um, and it's one thing to know the story. It's one thing to attend and view the story. But it's another thing to have a role on stage. And God invites all of us to take our role in his story. And so for me, missions is grounded in the word. It's grounded in the Bible. It's not just about the good things we do or the people that we send or the trips that we have. It's grounded in what God's ambition is. And this book reveals to us what God's ambition is, what his purpose is, what his global purpose is. And you've heard me speak on this before, but I'll say it over and over again. From Genesis to Revelation, there is a storyline that runs God's heart for the nations, for the entire world. Psalm 46.10, be still and know that I am God, for I will be exalted among the nations. Back at 2.14, the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Um, Isaiah 49, 6. God says through the prophet, It's too small a thing for you to be my servant, to restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those of Israel I have kept. But I will also make you a light for the Gentiles, so that my salvation may reach the ends of the earth. And then a couple other verses. Revelation 7, 9 through 11, we come to the end and we see that great scene where John says, After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, 
from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. Can you just imagine that scene? People from every nation, tribe, and language, standing before God. He says they were wearing white robes. They'd all, we'd all been purified of our sins. And they were carrying palm branches. We're all, we're all at peace with each other. No more war, no more fighting, no more conflict. We can't figure that out for the life of us. We can't figure out the right laws, the right politics. Only God can do that. He says they were holding palm branches and they cried out in a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. The basic storyline of the Bible can be broken up into creation, fall, redemption, and restoration. And we live in that meantime between redemption and restoration. It's not fully here yet. This vision has not been fully realized. And so we've got work to do. And we all have a role in this story. And there's tension, right, when you're living between the meantime, in the meantime, where you're anticipating something great happening, but life right now is not fully experiencing that. And so once you step onto this stage, let, let me tell you, Jesus said there will be difficulties, there will be challenges, there will be temptations, there will be struggles. The kingdom has not fully come, but he has a role for us all to play in that story. And I'm amazed at how God's writing that story today. Unreached people groups are being reached. People who have never heard the gospel in their, in their history are hearing about Jesus for the first time, and churches are being started, and disciples are being made in places we never would have imagined, in some of the hardest places on earth. And so God's story continues to be written. Um, in fact, I want to invite two of our partners on stage, Mayumi and Hunter or Kelsey or both of you. Uh, I know one might want to stay back with the kids. I want you all to meet. Welcome our, our partner, two of our partners to the stage. Uh, this is Mayumi and Hunter. Come on up, guys. And I invited them up this morning just to talk to us about what it has meant for them to step into the story. You guys can have a seat. So we're just going to have a conversation. I enjoy this every time we get to have partners on stage. Um, Mayumi, is a, you're a relatively new partner of ours. And uh, tell us a little bit about your ministry and what you do. Yes. Good morning, everybody. My name is Mayumi Paul. I'm from Japan. My ministry is called Second Level Ministry. Our vision is to make disciples who can make more disciples among the nation of Japan. Our work is both local and global. Thank you for your awesome. partnership. Awesome. And Hunter, tell us a little bit about what you and, and Kelsey are doing. Yeah, so um, we've been blessed to be called. We live in Southeast Asia, and our plan is to, we're doing pioneer church planning. Um, so our goal is to spend the next 15, 20 years, or however long the Lord calls us into it, um, to bring the gospel to an unreached language group. Uh, in doing so, because the country we work in is a closed country, uh, we'll have to start a business that will enable us to live with that people. Um, and we also have to learn two languages. So learn the national language and then move on using that one to learn the unreached language. Wow, incredible. Um, so the theme today is stepping into the story. Um, tell, tell, maybe talk to us a little bit about that moment or that process for you, what led you to do this? What led you to step in and understand that this was just the role that God wanted you to have? Yes. <clears throat> I became a Christian when I was 19. I grew up in a family where 
Shinto shrines and temples are, were surrounding me, and I had a god shelf in my house and you know, stuff like that. So when I became a Christian, it was totally God's work in my heart. And as soon as I was saved, I had a heart to share the gospel with other families and friends. So I started sharing that, and then I had the privilege to see people coming to Christ a lot. But at the same time, I also observed that the people were going away from the church. They didn't, they didn't continue to read the scripture, and I did not understand why. And because I really had this thirst for God's word and truth, I had a mentor and discipler who could help me for my personal growth. So I realized it's so important that our faith is rooted in Christ. So when I realized that people really need somebody or groups and community that can support their spiritual growth, my ministry focus changed from evangelism to discipleship, and evangelism may be included in the part of the discipleship, but my heart to train believers, teach and equip believers, that part really grew. Oh, incredible. I want to come back to your story in a minute, but Hunter, what was your process? Or share us a little bit about you and Kelsey. Yeah, um, well, we know it's, it's begun with an overarching story, right? Like 28 years ago was my first time in Dunwoody Baptist Church. Uh, so I know it, it's begun going back to Luke and where uh, Christ tells his disciples to pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers. And we know that as generations and generations have done that, it's done that work in Kelsey and I's heart. And we've had the privilege to be called to go overseas and... Um, Kelsey and I have a similar story, even though hers took place in Texas and mine in Georgia uh, before meeting together out there. Um, but yeah, I grew up in the church. I was saved when I was 17. And shortly after being saved, I, I had a fire for Christ. I loved him. I understood how my sin had separated me from him, and there was nothing I could do to be righteous before him, nothing I could do to be in relationship. Like, why would he forgive me? as I continued and continued to sin against him and disobey him. Um, and I was blessed with believing parents. My parents shared the gospel with me. And as they did that, uh, I understood, yeah, how I was made right before God can be in relationship with him because of what Christ did. So moving on from that, I was joined with a group in my church to read the book Radical by David Platt. And uh, that book, while it's short, it's very, very dense in content, uh, very challenging to read, um, understanding the, a, a biblical view of Christianity, not just the cultural view of Christianity. Um, so in that book, I was challenged to consider that all in the world were just like me, separated from God in their sin, regardless of whether or not they've heard the gospel. Um, so just as I deserve to be separated from God, they deserve to be separated from God because of their sin, and uh, someone needed to bring the gospel to them. Um, so in God's grace, he, he brought me to submit to his truth in that, and in college, actually brought someone in my life to disciple me and teach me how to share the gospel, teach me how to pray, how to read my Bible, how to memorize scripture, 
and he went overseas himself as a missionary to India and modeled going out and bringing the word of God to those who are lost, both on the college campus that we were on and overseas. Um, so that was interesting. Okay. Yeah. So Miami, you saw a need. Yes. You saw that, like Jesus said, sometimes when the seed is dropped, it sprouts up really quickly mm-hmm. and then sometimes can yes. be burned up. And so your ministry is focused on the spiritual growth and discipleship. Yep. Grounding, grounding, also evangelizing, but grounding people. Yes. Um, sometimes that's how it happens. Sometimes that's how we discover our role and what God wants for us. We see a need or we see something happen, we see a trend, and instead of saying, well, I hope somebody deals with that, I hope somebody comes up with a solution, we're challenged to step out there. Did you feel equipped when you first got that or realized that? Like, what did you do? No, I was still a new believer first, but uh, I had something beautiful, which is the message of the gospel. So I simply started passing on what I received. Mm. And uh, the more I learned the scripture, the more I was able to share. So I was really motivated to learn and grow and pass it on. That's good. Um, And Hunter, yours really kind of sounds like it kind of just emerged from your discipleship, you're growing with Christ. Talk about that moment when you realized it might take you overseas. Like, mm-hmm. how did you feel, and what, did you feel equipped for that? How did you how did you wrestle through that? Yeah, so I've kind of had it, it was two moments. At first, when I was reading that book, Radical, and understanding the lostness of the world, um, I was like, okay, well, someone's got to do something about that. Someone needs to bring the gospel to these people. Um, and I was like, well, I, I guess I might as well do that. But to me, <laughs> missionaries. We're much like Bigfoot. Like you hear about them, but I'd never seen one. I, d- I didn't know if they were real. <laughs> they do <you> know? exist. <laughs> yeah. They're out there, uh, but yeah, I, do they really exist? So I didn't think missions was actually a practical route to take. Um, so my plan, I went to Texas A&M. My plan was to go into the military. And uh, that's when I, the man who was a senior in my unit within the ROTC program was discipling me and he asked me like what do you picture doing with your life and uh, gave him an explanation and he was like man it sounds like you want to live for your own glory and kingdom and then go live for God's it's like you want to devote six years to living for your own glory and then you want to live for God's glory and <laughs> when he put it like that it was uh, it was pretty clear for me it's like, all right well that's not that's not an option how foolish would that be right mm-hmm. to try to build my own kingdom. I had spent 17 years trying to do that, and I realized the emptiness and the just mm. vanity and the darkness that came with that. Mm. Um, so from that point on, it was like, all right, well, I'm going to make disciples here where I am, and I'm going to pursue going overseas, and if the Lord directs me elsewhere, I'm going to be obedient to Him, because the chief goal is faithfulness to Him, and mm. I figured, why not? I'm willing and able, so I might as well just try to go overseas, and then if He wants me elsewhere, He'll He'll close that door. Wow. Uh, my takeaway from what you just said is, uh, you know, if you're leading a class or discipling people or leading a, a small group, don't underestimate the need to implant a global vision in your disciples. You know, when we approach scripture, we're new. Sometimes we think about it in terms of how it will benefit me. How's this going to help me? I've got a particular problem. I've got a particular issue. And there's help in the word. But if we miss the larger storyline, then we lose the context. And honestly, you'll get frustrated. If you just make it about you, eventually you're going to burn out and you're going to get tired. 
And so I need to constantly remind myself, okay, what's the context? What's the bigger story here? Uh, there has to be a larger context for you to be willing to move your family to where you're living. There has to be a larger context, Miami. You could do a lot of things with your time. And so I love what you said there, Hunter, because it reminds me as if I'm discipling or, or helping other guys that I implant that global vision in them. Because you never know who the next person might be that God calls to the nations. Um, talk to us a little bit about your context, the people that you're working with, and how you communicate this story, or what are some of their challenges in receiving the story? Well, in my context, in Japan, there are eight million gods. Stones can be god. Mountain can be a god. So people just have the sense of spiritual things surrounding them. So as we share the gospel, it is pretty important to present the God as the creator because he's the one and only. When their view of God is so different, when we talk about God loves you, for example, it just doesn't convey the same message. We mean it. So we start with the God as creator first, and then human nature, they see them, the humans as being good, so it contradicts with the biblical value of, you know, sinners, <laughs> and um, so we try to, we have a lot of groundwork to do before sharing the message. Gotcha. Um, interesting. What about you, Hunter? Where you guys are? What have you learned so far? You've been there how long, and what have you learned about how to sh share this story? Yeah, we, we've got a lot to learn, um, <laughs> a lot left to learn. Um, we have, we've only been overseas for about a year and a half now. Uh, we've, we're full-time studying the language and the culture and just trying to build relationships and understand how they view the world, um, how they... It's the, so the national religion is Buddhism, but it's really a, a Buddhism paint, that's a veneer painted over an animistic belief. Animistic meaning just belief in the spirits. Um, a, a brief example I shared with my grandparents the other day was I went, one of my best fishing buddies over there told me the other day, he's like, hey, we, we can't go to that fishing spot we went to last week. And I was like, oh, why not? And he said, well, I went there with my brother yesterday and uh, we saw we saw some spirits in the water. I said, oh, what do you mean? He's like, well, there were tons of bubbles. There were bubbles everywhere going around in this circle. And he was like, so our spirits were scared and our spirits left us. Um, and he had to wait until his dad could come back from out of town. And then he had the shaman come to his house, perform a ritual where he binds his spirit back to him. Uh, and then he had to wait six more months. And then we could go back to that fishing spot. Um, so we are just... Their worldview to just very similar, like we, we would have to, we're intending to start with creation and leading to Christ. We can't just come in with the gospel. They have no framework for who the God of the Bible is. So we need to build that framework where they understand, okay, this God is, is the God. He's powerful. He's just. Like they should be terrified of how just he is. But they should also see the countless scriptures or examples through the Old Testament of his mercy and his forgiveness and building the anticipation of the Savior until the day we can present the Savior to them. Mm. That's beautiful. Um, and Hunter, I've been following your story. If you haven't yet, I would encourage you to talk to Hunter and Kelsey. Um, been amazed at how your family has adapted. It's not an easy place where you are. And um, 
love even how your children have really jumped in and tried some new foods I've seen in their videos, uh, new things, and, and you just seem to embrace the culture. We don't go in as judges. We don't go in as uh, uh, colonialists or whatever. Sometimes they're tied to missions. This is a natural thing that we should expect disciples to do. This is a natural thing that we should expect our church to be sending out people. We should expect the gospel to work like this in our lives and lead us out. It should not be a surprise. It shouldn't seem like Bigfoot to us. Um, that's a great analogy. I'm going to use that uh, more often. But it's, um, it should be a natural thing, shouldn't it, Miami, that we do this. Um, do you have any stories from your work that might encourage us or uh, anything you'd like, else you'd like to share? Yes, locally we minister Japanese students too. There was one season that the three students came to Christ at the same time. That was very powerful. And uh, it's interesting that all of them said in their testimony that uh, I have been never welcomed by God's family in this much love. They had never received this much love. That's what they said. And also they said, I'm so excited to be a part of God's big family. So we all seek to belong to something, and especially my context, my culture is a group society. So they really care about where they belong to, and that's a part of their identity. So now that uh, they have this beautiful identity as uh, being God's children and being a part of God's family, um, for us to minister people, uh, it's so important to accept them and love them and uh, um, guide them to the truth. That's beautiful. Um, what about you, Andre? I would just be an encouragement specifically for Dunwoody Baptist Church because, I mean, I don't know what the Lord has for Kelsey, me, and our family, but um, my dad grew up coming to this church along with my aunt and uncle, and um, as the gospel went from my grandparents to my parents, and then from my parents down to me and Lord willing, our children, the gospel is also going out to many nations. Um, so just the the prayers of continual discipleship, continuing to share the gospel, because it's only through the discipleship and the equipping of others in God's word and teaching them about his love that the gospel goes out, and it does go out. Mm. That's, that's beautiful. Um, I, I appreciate what you shared there, too, Miami, about community, the value of community. Uh, Miami's and her ministry is a big help to us in our ESOL and Conversation Club uh, and welcoming people is a way we can do this, you know, and not just thinking, I hope you don't leave here thinking, well, if I don't go to some other country or speak another language, like welcoming is a huge part of missions. It's a huge part of embracing the cultures around us. And when you go, being a welcomer and hospitable where you live, um, and that's huge. And uh, helping people experience the love and acceptance of Christ. Um, how can we, what are some ways we might be involved in what you're doing? Um, might be harder where you are, Hunter, but tell us some ways that we might support you and be involved in what you're doing. Oh, I already really appreciate what the DBC is doing through those ministries you just mentioned. Uh, people, who, when, people who come from the other side of the world, they are open to what's 
here because they're here to learn and experience American culture. So I just really appreciate uh, your welcoming and uh, sharing the love of Christ. Awesome, awesome. Andrew? And for us, we already feel very supported through Dunwoody, right? Like, financially, we've had a lot this past year with four hospitalizations for our son, one for our daughter, one for me, um, all within a very short time frame. We've had to travel eight hours and stay in hotels and hospitals and stuff. So financially, we've been very blessed through Dunwoody. Uh, prayerfully, we know that the Samaritan Sunday School is praying for us every single Sunday, um, we were getting loved on, and uh, we've received, I, I wish I had done that ahead of time, but how, counted how many emails we've received of just encouraging notes, responding to our newsletter, just mm-hmm. genuine responses. We're praying for you in, in this, and, um, and with updates in their own lives, saying, well, this is what's been going on here in Dunwoody, mm-hmm. and uh, just feeling connected to the church here as, as much as we can do that. It helps us when we feel isolated over awesome. there. Awesome. Um, well, thank you for sharing with us. I'm going to like, let's pray for them. And then I've got a few words as we wrap up, but thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing with us. Thanks for letting us work with you. And uh, we look forward to what God's going to continue to do through our partnership. Father, thank you for Miami, for her faithfulness, for her response to your call. Lord, you showed her a need of disciples that would start off strong. But then, like you said, sometimes when trouble or difficulty comes, we, we tend to fade away. And you've inspired her and are filling her with your wisdom and knowledge to how to really disciple people and ground them in you. I pray you continue to bless her work. Give her wisdom, fill her with your spirit. Father, I thank you for Hunter and Kelsey and this beautiful young family and their willingness to go and surrender, you know, plans to uh, sort of build their kingdom here so they might build your kingdom in a place where it historically has not been. So continue to watch over them. Thank you, Father, for walking them through the sicknesses and the hospital visits. Watch over them, uh, protect their health, uh, inspire them. I pray they return with much energy and, and uh, readiness to get back into the work and see old friends that, friends that they've developed. And just give them wisdom in those moments when they are talking with someone in a spiritual, they're in a very spiritual environment. There's opportunities to have spiritual conversations all the time. And I pray that you give them wisdom with the words to say and the love to show that would make people curious and want to know who, you're, who you are through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Thank them for being with us. It's important for us to know what the story is, to step into that story. All of us have a role. It might be prayer. It might be welcoming. It might be serving. It might be volunteering. We have well over 100 people on a regular basis either serving here in an outreach on our campus or out in the community. And so we have a place for you. And there's ways you can find out what to do. We've, we're, we're opening up a new uh, missions sort of information and prayer area on our campus. If you go to the top, you don't have to go down the ramp. It's just at the top of the Main Street ramp. And it used to be called Gab Corner because G, A, and B came together right there, the buildings back in the day. And it's our missions prayer corner. So we're combining missions and prayer right in the center of our campus, symbolically representing the value of those two things to who we are as Dunwoody Baptist Church. You can go there. You can get a full list of our partners. You can write a program, drop it in the mailbox. We'll take it from there. You can see a map of where we're working in the world. We're eventually going to put a map of Atlanta as well. 
Just spend some time over there if you get a chance, or come by during the week and just spend some time there. If you're in the prayer room, stop by that corner. We've got shoes on the wall. It's not a DSW display. It's, it's, um, it's actually, we've got shoes from our partners. We've got some shoes representing the Hancock family and, and others. And so we've got shoes from our partners just representing those who are out on the field. You can also learn about our mission teams. Uh, but you have a role. All of us have a role. And it's important for us to know what the big story is and to be a part of that big story and to step into it. If there's anything I can do, come see me after, the, after today or contact me anytime. I'd love to help you get plugged in into what we're doing in missions. And uh, we're going to have another incredible year. Uh, things coming up and opportunities. There's an insert in your bulletin. If you didn't get one, you can, of course, go online and find it as well. But on the back, we list... I don't know, a a dozen different opportunities that are coming up for you to step into the story. Things here locally, things globally. So you might be saying, what's my next step? I would encourage you to pray first. Don't don't get ahead of yourself. Sometimes I've jumped into things and flamed out because I just jumped into it. I didn't wait on the Lord. And so I would encourage you to leave here and say, Lord, what's my role? What would you have me do? And chances are he'll open your eyes to opportunities that already exist around you. But then he might say, might lead you to something on here sort of on-ramps, ways to step into the story. And uh, I love being at a church that has such a high percentage of people who understand it, who get it, and who are involved and who are working. I see some of you volunteer in ESOL, Conversation Club, you've gone on mission teams, you're on our mission council. And there's a myriad of other ways that this church is involved that are not reflected on this list or this list. But um, let's, let's ask the Lord what he would have us do to step into his story. Father, thank you for this time together to worship you, to praise you, to remember what you've done for us, to reconnect with you, to put our hearts and our minds back on you, to remember what your larger story is, the the context for this church, even being on this corner, to be a witness to the nations, to be a witness to this community, to be a witness around the world. Thank you, Father, for how you've started these relationships and developed these relationships with all of our partners. I pray, Father, as we leave leave this place, We would be asking you, Father, this week, how can I step into your story of what you're doing? Open our eyes, open our spiritual eyes to see opportunities around us. When we we feel your tug of your spirit saying, talk to this person, pray for this person, I pray that you would give us the boldness and the obedience to step into that. Father, we never know where you might lead us. You've led Hunter and Kelsey halfway around the world. You've led Miami here to work with us and, and to work in, in, around Atlanta. Lord, we never know the adventure you might take us on. And so we pray we're leaving here. We're excited about what you're doing. And we're asking you, Father, what is our next step? How can we involve, be involved? How can we step into your story? In Jesus' name, amen.